This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Hello and welcome back to the Stadia Podcast. I'm Mr. Konga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you? I'm alright. Are you okay? No, I'm not. Why am I not okay? Why? It's not even Why? my club. It's not even my club. This is weird, huh? This is so it's weird. So weird. An Arsenal fan and a Manchester United fan genuinely disappointed about a Liverpool manager leaving and genuinely feeling for Liverpool fans. What is wrong with me? It's not even my club. <laughs> I think we're just a uh, couple of Couple of woke snowflakes, Misa. We are, we why. are. Do you know what? We're too woke. We are, we are. Before we get on to that, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. You've missed it. There was a really great Writer's House episode with Billy Lay Miandu, who's in Ivory Coast covering AFCON. He's sixth AFCON that he's been oh covering. Oh my goodness, veteran. And he was absolutely brilliant on Writer's House, I thought. And the Klopp news broke during the recording as well, during the intro, which I thought was all was time, funny. all time writers, reaction. Writers life. Writing Carl's reactions were <laughs> unreal, amazing. No spoilers if you haven't listened, but go and listen to it. But yeah, go check that out. I thought it was a really, really good breakdown of AFCON so far. Some stuff off the field, some stuff on the field, what it's been like there, who they fancy going all the way. And uh, yeah, Valile was, was great. And So go check that out if you haven't already. We're coming to you a little bit earlier this week because of the Klopp news. But yeah, also there will be a newsletter coming out. So if you want to go and subscribe to the newsletter, go to stadio.football, scroll to the bottom, pop your email address in. Uh, that'll be out in the next few days. Other than that, should we, should we just get into it? Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, man, so... 
everyone will have known by now, Jurgen Klopp announced on Friday that he will be stepping down as Liverpool manager at the end of this season. Um, we decided to hold off 24 hours or so mm. because we knew there'd be a lot more stuff come out about it. He released a, a 25 minute long video through the Liverpool socials. Um, and it's a really good watch. If anyone hasn't seen it, I'd recommend going to the, it's on the Liverpool YouTube channel. Go and watch the full version of that interview because uh, maybe we'll touch on it, but I think part of the, part of a lot of this announcement and the response to it and the way that he did it and the timing of it kind of feels quite unique in the modern era. And I think we could probably break this down into sections so that we can try and figure out how we're going to do it. So, so initial, initial reactions, yeah. initial reactions, um, maybe some wider context stuff about the stuff that he said within that. Mm. Looking back at the, the job that he's done at Liverpool and then looking forward for him and for Liverpool maybe. Right. That yeah, sounds right. That's great. That's great. All right. As so initial ever. thoughts. Initial thoughts. Well, actually, you texted me with your initial thoughts. Initial thoughts. Okay. Wow. Makes total sense. No, no, that's not even, that's not initial. That came like a couple of seconds later. The initial thought was, wow, this is really sad. Yeah. And then the third feeling was, so wow, of course, the initial thing. Then this is really sad. Then, a few seconds after that, that is absolutely how, if you are a public figure, a figure in public life, you conduct yourself from start to finish. If everybody in public life conducted themselves as Jurgen Klopp has conducted himself as Liverpool manager, we would have a vastly better society. We just would. And then the final thing was, after that, or after all of that, so those initial rush of emotions was like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. A friend of mine, very quickly, so a friend of mine, just before you start, a friend of mine broke up with her partner um, a while back, a couple of years ago. And they were talking and they'd had the breakup conversation and came back and talked to him about it. And I said, yeah, that's definitive. The way she's spoken about this is definitive. There's some people are like, oh, there's still a way back. I said, no, no, this is, and they've done that in such a beautiful way and closed it off in such a clean loop. Seeing him do the short video and read the long one that you sent to me, I was like, wow, he's really such a considerate, such a, so full of care, I thought. How did he, yeah, I think the one, what, the one thing that I would like to point it? out before we get into it is that we're going to praise Klopp a lot on this episode, mm. I think. And for a lot of people listening, that might just really great yeah. from the start. And that's actually fine because we understand football tribalism. And I, I, you know, I did a lot of, I, w- I was interested to see, not, not that really like Twitter should really be trusted for anything. You know, there was a lot of the usual like, yeah, whatever, or like good riddance, or like no, whatever kind of thing. And you're going to get that from 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 fans of other clubs. And I think that I feel like even though he's been Liverpool manager, we were such big fans of his for so long. Mm. But like personally, I'm really glad that he's he got to ride out that that initial well, a couple of trouble troublesome seasons really for them, but the, but most notably last season. And he announces this with Liverpool top of the league them into a cup final they're, them being the out, for, out and out favourites to win a European title mm. and kind of at the right time where it's now all of the Christmas period is gone 
you've got those early, that early that third round of the FA Cup out the way, and it's very much now looking forward to the end of the season, right? Some people may disagree, and that's fine, but I couldn't think of a more perfect way to do this in the uh, in terms of timing, in terms of at the stage of the season that he's done it, the way that he communicated it, which I think is a massive, massive thing. I mean, not wanting to patronise at all, but remember, this is a guy doing this in his second language as well. Right. The care and the the kindness and the empathy and the love that he that came through in that was. I think quite rare. The closest thing I can think of in terms of an exit to this was was Sir Alex Ferguson's the the, the time he actually left. Mm. And maybe I'm wrong, but, but in terms of the definitely in the Premier League, you know, even Arsene Wenger, I think it was it was at a time where Arsenal had fallen short, and the and the we don't have to relive it, but it was not in a he was not as universally popular a manager at that club right. as Jurgen Klopp is at Liverpool. I think there's also a lot of the social fabric of the city wrapped up in this mm. and the history of the city and seeing someone leave on their own terms who seems to really get the city. And that's that we'll, we'll get into that in a bit later, but in terms of what it means to get Liverpool, it's a yeah. very special thing. I'm struggling to think of a comparison to this because, you know, you can have like a band breaking up and making an announcement, but it's different because a band does not represent a constituency that is specific in a way that you can identify, like by geography. And this maybe comes on to some of the wider context of it and a, a, a bit later, but the relentless schedule of football, the relentless cycle, the you know, how quickly success is forgotten in a matter of months if you're mm. underperforming. It's the same old patterns and the same old topics and the same old themes, right? Mm. And some, sometimes something like this comes up that actually genuinely feels seismic. And it feels seismic because it's like, obviously he's not died, he's still around. And I think he made it quite clear with that. He was quite good on that. He was just like, listen, I'm all right, I'm, I'm fine kind of thing. But, but when, you know, someone exits the stage mm. in whatever way, it, especially when they've shifted the dynamic of a football club and actually of the league as well. Yeah. And there's such a presence, it can feel seismic and it taps into that nature of football fandom, which is the genuine relationship between fan and club. Yeah. Because it's it's stepping into the unknown. It's losing someone that you idolise and it's and there's a fear there because you're looking forward being like, we don't know what happens next. Mm. But whatever it is, it's going to have to be so special to remotely come close to what Jurgen Klopp provided Liverpool, Liverpool fans and the city. And the only way it can That's be tough. special... The only way it can be special is if people don't look for another Klopp. Extremely, yeah, replace, it's extremely yeah. wise of him not to be involved in his succession planning, I think. Yeah. Because well, maybe we should we hold that for yeah, later well, on? But yeah, I wanted yeah, to ask yeah. you about like the wider context of what you thought about his announcement overall in the interview, because there was a lot in there. Oh I my think. God, it's amazing. A lot in there. You know, this is a guy that's been a manager for 23 years, right? And he said, I want to do things. I want to have a normal life out there before it's too late because I haven't had one. And there was very much a sense of this person has given of themselves for so long. And he talked about energy. There was a bit, it was, it was the only time in the interview mm. that you remember, you realized that English is not, because sometimes you see Klopp, his English is so good. You think he's like an actor speaking English with a German accent because his English is that good. And he said, how you say running out of energy. And that was so interesting because this man has been at full tilt for 23 years and has embodied so much. And the thought of wanting something for himself was so powerful. You know, he's in his like sort of mid to late fifties. Was the step away 
enjoy family life, travel around. The man's never paying for a meal or drink again, let's be honest. That's a classic Okwongerism, that. Something about retiring, <laughs> something about retiring undefeated is so powerful because you don't really get to see people who you admire walk off on their terms with all that gratitude, all that joy. And it was a powerful statement for people. And you know, the thing about Klopp is because Klopp always made it, and this might sound like I'm being too philosophical, but the whole point of Jurgen Klopp was he always made it about more than the football, right? Mm, it's yeah. absolutely about making, it's absolutely about taking life lessons beyond. So he, this thing he said about, you know, sometimes you give absolutely everything and it's still not enough when they lost that title to City. Mm-hmm. And he said also, but the, the thing is, sometimes if you give absolutely everything, it's not enough. But the whole point is that unless you give absolutely everything, there's no chance of getting anything. Like it's stuff like that, right? Exactly. It's stuff like that that is just, those are the lessons. You know, when they lost their 3-0 on the first leg to um, uh, Barcelona and he goes, Barcelona, um, yeah. yeah, and he, says, he said to them, I know that this comeback is not possible, but with you, we have a chance. I mean, stuff like that, like this thing about, and this is the very Sir Alex Ferguson thing of, not to sort of reference him too much because it's about Klopp, but the thing yeah. they had, in, the one they had in common, if I may say this, is that, you know, the Salah t-shirt of like, never give up. Mo Salah doesn't play in that semi-final as wearing that t-shirt. And the ability to, the ability to encourage people in the club and those around them to extract absolutely everything from themselves. And this is the thing that is the bigger picture with Klopp. This is the genius of what he did. The ability to stand at the heart of a community, to be responsible for that heartbeat, but to make it about everyone but himself is absolutely incredible because that is sustainable. It means that when you step away from a club like Liverpool, People aren't looking at this iconic figure who's left. It's because I think he's left something genuinely sustainable. He's reminded people who they are, right? That's the thing. He's reminded people. Yeah. He's reminded Liverpool what they are, not as a, as a club, but as a city, if that's any. Yeah. Mm. Sorry to go off on one, but I just, he, just gave, he just gave that much, I think. He just gave that much. No, no, I agree. And I understand that for, for a lot of people, uh, you know, like we mentioned at the top of the show, especially fans of rival clubs or clubs who, or people who aren't ma- massive Klopp fans or Liverpool yeah. fans, they, they're going to be rolling their eyes so much through this podcast that they might fall over. Let, them, actually, let them gird themselves. I think, I think with, <laughs> the, the, with someone like Jurgen Klopp and, and um, the, the situation, the announcement, the way that he did it, some of the stuff that he said and the way that he does tend to communicate a lot, it's, it kind of... I think in the in the modern era that is so cynical and so cold quite often and you know not a lot of love or care is 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 given out by people in top positions like that it's very much kind of like dog eat dog out for themselves survival mode you know there's a lot of there's a lot of grimness in it and I think it reminds you for me about what Klopp is able to accomplish as a figure in a dugout, mm. it taps into a lot of the the intangibles that you find it hard to explain to people who don't like football why you love it. Right. With Klopp and Liverpool, for example, so much of their success was built on the ability to galvanise and emotionally charge the atmosphere at Anfield. You know, I know that fans of rival clubs kind of tease Liverpool a lot for for a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think deep down it's because we all kind of envy it and we all want it because it's what we all want from our football fandom in a way. We want to, everyone who is in a seat at Anfield is made to believe that they are contributing to the success of that football club right? and that football team. Yeah, And that is a very, very, very unique skill 
or um, a unique feeling to kind of harness. You know, Ian said on on Wrighty's House that he kind of saved the league. And yep. I know that that is a very kind of big way or big big term. But I kind of think he's right it's in a way. True. And that, and, it's true. And, and it's because he, they, it, at the very least, with the current situation of what's going on and, um, you know, how the Premier League has shifted, this takes nothing away from Pep, by the way, because I still don't think Manchester City without Pep, I don't think they win those titles. Jesus Christ, because, of course not. You've got the problem is with Pep. You so, have, to be clear, you have maybe the greatest coach of all time with maybe the greatest executive support team of all time and those resources. And the only person that even come close to beating him was Klopp. And that league title victory, the Liverpool league title victory, is one of the most remarkable you're ever going to see. To go 97 points and not winning it. They blew out the water. Liverpool delivered, you can argue like, they delivered, three of the best back-to-back seasons in European football history. From the final against, when they, the final against Madrid, to winning it, and kind of those, about the two and a half, three years Liverpool were, mm. probably the best, well, for my money, they were the best club in Europe. Just in terms of the fact they delivered home, they delivered domestically and in Europe to that level. They were lights out. The scary thing is, we anticipated it. When, so I have a good friend. Um, and when Klopp was going to Liverpool, we were terrified because we knew. Like when, when, when Klopp became available yeah. at Manchester yeah. United, you know, I was like, you have to get whoever gets him, whichever big club gets him, he will take them to a level, not just in terms of achievement, but of emotions, experiences. And we knew full well, shout out to Greg, because he knows. We texted each other, we're like, we're, we're done. Like we're in trouble because there is not a single thing Klopp has done at Liverpool that has been a surprise to me. Not a single one. And that sounds like a big, bold take, but it's really not. Anyone that saw his work at Dortmund, this man went toe-to-toe with Bayern Munich in a Champions League final without Mario Goetze. Like all the things he did. Should have won Dortmund, it. Yeah, should have won it. That Dortmund team that he had, had no right to be that good. It had no right to be that good. There are players that were brilliant in that Dortmund team that did not find the same success elsewhere. And it's not because they're not amazing. It's because he, his unique understanding of a player, technically, tactically, and emotionally, crucially of all, most of all, there are players looking at Klopp right now going, there is no way in hell I have that career without this man. There's many players who are like, yeah, well, without Klopp, I would have been 70% the player. There are genuine players looking at Klopp now. And this is not because they're not great players, but emotionally, there are genuine players looking at Klopp now thinking, if Jürgen Klopp had not coached me, I would have achieved 20%. 20% of what I've done in this game. Mm-hmm. That is his ability to take a player and approve them up and above and beyond a level that you thought possible. It just, it's almost unparalleled. And it's why Pep respects him so much because Pep is like, mm-hmm. Pep knows, Pep knows I can give a player an extra 30%. I can take an elite player and give an extra 30%. Jürgen Klopp can take a player who doesn't look, who looks like a, a league one, he could, he could take a league one player and make them championship or Premier League. He could take, bottom of the Premier League and take them to a world-class level. He is genuinely that special. I think that's, that's why I think the pair of them are so interesting in terms of managers because they're very, very different managers. Yeah. And they, they, they are great in their, their own ways. You know, it's like... It's Gandalf, it's, Gandalf, it's Gandalf and Saruman, actually. <laughs> well, I was going to say Prince and David Bowie. Yeah. There's something, very Bowie, there's something very Bowie about Klopp retiring now, actually. Well, not retiring. God, no, sorry. 
not retiring. God, it's, it feels, do you know what? I said retiring because it feels so final. I know it's not, but it feels so final. The thing I wanted to touch on was yeah. his use of the word purpose. Mm. I don't know why it stuck out to me. I think it's probably uh, because of a lot of conversations that you and I have had over the last couple of years or even like last year, last year or so. Maybe it's just because we love the bear so much, you know, and mm. uh, Richie, Richie was looking for his sense of purpose. He talked about that feeling when he went into the, the preseason meetings and they were talking about planning the year ahead and he said, and he found himself just had, having that feeling where he didn't really have the hunger for it anymore or the mm. energy. Seeing it, he was just like, you know. Don't know if I'm overanalyzing here, but you could sense there was this like awareness of his own mortality, which I think is something that- That's absolutely what this is about. No, no, absolutely, yeah. And this is something that I think all of us can identify at points because we've all got moments where we've like, I think especially with COVID as well, it seems like this is a very common theme in society mm. where all of a sudden people are realizing how much time has gone by. Yes. Sorry if I'm- No, no, it's not, you're not, no, no. I'm, I'm, you know I mean? You're not, you're not overanalyzing it. And here's the thing. The reason you're not is because, as you said before, there are some football coaches who have made everything explicitly about the football, right? Yeah. Not, we're not going to name names. We're not going to shame because this is a positive podcast today. But there are absolutely managers who, when asked about different topics going on in the world or whatever, they're just like, stick to football. Those people actually, if you were discussing them leaving a game or leaving a club, it would be too philosophical to talk about purpose because you'd be like, they never cared about anything but the pitch. The whole point of Klopp is that even in his farewell video, he's saying goodbye. Like he's got, I've got to say goodbye to one of the young fans who he's become close to. Like that is what mm. he's talking about. It's not about, it's about more than that. So Klopp, when you talk about purpose, he's inviting you with all his comments to actually think about what matters. This is the whole point. Liverpool is not just a club right? It's a, I said this many times, it's actually a village disguised as a city. You go to Liverpool and the energy there is like, when I say village, I see in the most positive sense of it's a community, right? And it's one where people support it's the club. It's a great, great city. city. And those who are not, you know, Liverpool dwellers that are not Scousers don't live there, they feel a connection with it. Like my mate the other day, we were out having a drink and talking about Liverpool actually before we knew about this, uh, about Klopp stepping down in the season. And he talked to him and he's like, he's from Greece, right? His connection with Liverpool is as if he grew up there. Like, honestly, yeah. it's a really special thing. So when Klopp talks about, there's a bit when he was uh, talking about the Champions League and when they won, he said it's almost, almost too much to allow all of that emotion in. And his unique genius is to have somehow harnessed and ridden that wave without it overcoming him. Because the emotion generated around Liverpool Football Club is an avalanche, Ryan. Very mm -hmm. few can actually withstand it. It's an extremely special thing. And look, we reflect on life. Like I'm in my mid-40s and I'm old enough now to have lost a lot of people who didn't live the lives they fully wanted, right? I know people who passed away 48, 40, 19, 23, all the rest, no, stomach cancer, car accidents, all these things. And they, the thing about purpose and living before it's too late, Klopp explicitly said that. And that's the point. There's a load of people who don't live as they would want or don't have time to live before it's too late. And him saying that, Klopp's interview gives a lot of people permission watching that to think, actually, what am I not doing? Like, this is the impact this man has had on, on, on not, not necessarily discourse, but on how to, approach, how to approach life. I also think that, especially with everything that is going on in the world right now, you realise how little football matters mm. on one side 
while also it ma- it being how everything. much how much it matters. Yes, yes, yes. This is why sport is amazing mm. because without sounding too over the top, but it's there to provide us with hope or connection or community at times when we sometimes really fucking need it. Dude, and I think, and I think, and I think you're seeing this. I think you're seeing this in the terms of the fear from Liverpool fans of whether that connection will still be the same once someone like Klopp leaves. Because I think he's done an incredible job of bringing the club back up to speed, and the fans and the club and everyone kind of being together on it. There have been bumps in the road, and he would be the first person to admit that he's not not perfect at all, and that you know. Some of the comp, some of the stuff yeah, that he, had, yeah, he did, you know, yeah, he's yeah, like he's yeah. not the best loser. No, Jurgen no, Klopp, put it no. that way. And I think he will be okay with admitting and that. Some officials may be less gushing than we are being today. In, yes, yeah, for sure, that's absolutely and, right. Uh, and that's fair too. That's fair too. But I think that it's it's that few managers in world football, I think, can be at the very, 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 very top level of the game, especially. I think can be. Uh, can be in the conversation like Klopp, like Klopp, in terms of how how much they've fused that that connection again. Like he was a sure that. bet. There's very few managers that go into a top club who are a sure bet. Yeah. Like I, I never worried once about whether he was succeeded at Liverpool. I honestly think that what he's done there is more extraordinary because you strip it all. Away. Man City have won seven of the last what twelve league titles, some, some absurd amount, like seven league titles in no time at all. And he was the only person that was even, he's the only manager in world football at that time that could have consistently won them that close. He's the only one. He's the only, only one. And if you swap places, actually, I think he achieved something equally magnificent. And I, you know, and I know Ryan, Ryan I, I know that um, Ian drew the comparison between Man City and the White Walkers on a different platform. But Liverpool were the dragons, right? That's the thing. It's, it's ice and fire. That's literally, Liverpool got to experience they kind of got it all, really. They kind of got to win games, but not just win games, have memories. And someone said to me the other day, someone said, why do you love football so much? And I said, well, because it gives me memories, whether I was playing it to whatever amateur level, whether I was playing it or watching it, there are things that it gave me in community with others, crucially, that are unforgettable. In community with others, he gave Liverpool memories that are absolutely unforgettable. What's next? Let's, let's think. What's next, right? So, I mean, for Klopp, nothing. He's not going to take the German job. He then, in the long interview, said, I know that I will not manage another club or country for at least a year. Mm. Um, he also said he's never going to manage another Premier League club. Um, what I want for Klopp is lots of travel, lots of good food. Just go and, you know what it is? Let him just go and tour the diaspora. <laughs> just go, go. I want Klopp to just pop up in different, you know, like Andre 3000 when he sort of like, was semi-retired, was off playing his flute. I want Klopp to just wander around the world having loads of food and bumping into Liverpool fans everywhere because he will, because Liverpool, you know, goodness me, like huge fan base. There'll never be, there's no shortage of Liverpool fans to bump to. I want to travel the world. That DJ's in Berlin, man. <laughs> never more than three yards away from a Liverpool fan. <laughs> wander the world, travelling, eating good food and just have good vibes. Check out some galleries, check out some art, some nice culture. Spend time with the family. Yeah, that's yeah, but yeah, of course. That, that, that's that's him. Sorry, that's you know uh, I mean? like, implicit because when he went, he got the Liverpool job that interrupted his holiday. Yeah. So when I, I say that, when I when I made it to that like, traveling the world, I mean, like, yeah. I want him. I want him to. No, resume, you're right. Yeah. I want him to resume the holiday that he had. He was only a few months before. into a sabbatical, wasn't he? Exactly. Now he's nine yeah. years later. So I want him to resume that holiday with the kids and with his wife. 
I think now for Liverpool, what next? First of all, acknowledge that you only get someone like a Klopp every few years or decades, and that's fine. So if you don't get that person next, you might. You might get another Klopp type next. You might. You might meet someone next who's a great manager, but if you don't, store those memories, bank them, and look at the condition he's left the squad in, which is remarkable. It's exciting. So there's so much to build with. The beauty of like what, what he's done with uh, Liverpool now is a manager could come in. This is the key. They don't have to be transformative. You can get in a manager who is 70% of what Klopp was, and that will still be pretty much good enough to have a title. What, 75%? If you can get a manager who's 75% of what Klopp was, you'll be in title contention the next two, three years. And that's fine. From a Klopp point of view, I think you're not going to see him manage another club anytime soon. And I think if he does manage another club, it's going to be an extremely difficult one to pick. Mm. I mean, to be honest, a lot depends on how he feels in that year. Mm. Because I think with, with football managers, what you see a lot of the time is, it's like the action is the juice, right? Mm. And when you step out of it for a little bit and you lose that day to day, it could go either way with Klopp. I think he, he strikes me as someone who is, is so like, that was it. That was my time. Those are my three clubs, Mainz, Dortmund, Liverpool. I'm mm. done. Actually, I'm 56. I can potentially go and take and manage like a, a national job in a couple of years if I want it. You know, I'll go and manage Germany. But I think, I think his style of management, it would be, would be so tough to do with the German national side. Not enough and also, I think continuity. That, not enough continuity. Yeah. And also I think that people like him and Tuchel, I think they really struggle with that German um, administration, mm, the DFB, and yeah, that kind of thing. It's it's a it's a yeah. You can understand why a lot of them just get grumpy about it. I can't see him taking the Bayern job. I just don't think it's really of any interest for him. You know what I think might actually genuinely happen mm. is that a new person comes into Liverpool and he goes back in two years when that fails. I I would I would I don't want that for him. No, I don't want that either. But I kind of feel like if he if there is a point if there is a thing back into club management, I think there might be because I think he by the sounds of it he looks it sounds like he's going to stay in Liverpool. Um, you know, they're at home I, there. I don't think that's a good idea. Well, and not not not, not staying maybe. in Liverpool, but the Shankly thing. The thing about, I mean, I if I mean this is this is the this is the thing I want to say. I think a lot depends on what happens this season. If, yeah. for example, if Liverpool win the league and they win the Europa League, mm. and they win the Carabao Cup, and they could potentially win the FA Cup. I mean, if they win any of those, maybe by the Carabao Cup. That's a hell of a season just to let it be. And I think that Klopp is strong-minded enough to know, yeah, that's kind of it. That's kind of it. That's what I've... I, I, the only reason I could say, I could, I could, in theory, imagine him maybe going back to help again, it's just an emotional thing. If he sees the club struggling in a couple of years, right? Yeah, under of a new manager, yeah. and he wants to kind of—that's literally it. I don't. I think he's. I what think Valverde he, vibes? What, yeah. What he genuinely wants for the club is for a new manager to come in and be successful. That's yes. genuinely what he wants. Yeah. I think from a Liverpool point of view, who is that? Because as we've seen with Jabi Alonso's arc so far, he's not afraid of turning down. No. Job. And also, I think Jabby Alonso is smart enough to be to know you don't want to be the guy after Klopp. You want to be the guy after the guy. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You want to be Arteta, not Emery. Yes, yes. 
you know? And so I, I, I would be, I don't think it's unthinkable, but I would be very surprised if Jabby Alonso is Liverpool manager next season. Because you look at Liverpool, right? Look at Bob Paisley. And they, I think they got Joe Fagan after that. And then you have someone who just has that continuity, who is very clear that like, I'm stepping to the seat, I'm big-headed by a legend, and I'm just here to do work. Coming in with that humility and just going, like, completely understanding that people aren't going to lose their minds over you that are dealing with a clock and going, we've got a great setup here. Obviously got my own ideas, my own personality, but the foundation left is so good. Let's go with it. Let's go. With it. And, and that, I think just coming in like that, easy, chill, almost look at everything Klopp did and just come with a kind of antithesis. There's a great um, moment where it reminds me now of the great poet John Hegley, right? Hilarious, brilliant, funny. Kay Tempest puts on one of the greatest spoken word sets I've ever seen. I was privileged to witness Kay Tempest like emerging. So Kay does this astonishing set. 10 minutes first half, 10 minutes second half, blows everyone away. And everyone's like, oh my goodness, what have we just witnessed? And everyone's terrified. Like, I'm not going to name names, but there were experienced poets who were performing after Kay who were absolutely terrified like, to go out there. They were terrified. They were looking at us like going, what material do I do? And I'm like, I don't care, I'm hosting. <laughs> John Hegley was on after Kay. Gets on stage, looks around. Everyone's like, Everyone's heads have just exploded. And John Hegley's there, looks around and goes, not half bad, was it? And everyone just absolutely howls and we just carry on. And mm. I think whoever gets in there after, you're following Kay Tempest onto stage, right? You don't have to blow everyone's minds. You just got to turn up, be like, not bad, was it? Clock, not bad, was he? And then just get to work. And I think that, I, I do, and I think there's actually, there's quite a few managers actually that could step into that in that sense. I know that the Klopp's backroom staff has left, will be leaving as well. Mm. And I actually thought that that, from a Liverpool point of view or from how they've done things over the last few years, there was part of me before I read the detail was, where it was just like, I wonder whether Pep Linders just steps up. Mm. Because actually I thought that maybe from, from their terms of, their, their sense of continuity, that wouldn't be the worst move in the world. No, 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 not at all. I mean, he's ruled himself out of it, but I think my, my initial thought would have been like, eh, you know, I don't think that, that, couldn't, that wouldn't have been the worst move in the world. Mm. I think Nagelsmann is a long shot. I think if they go for Nagelsmann, then it's an FSG doing a bit of a name as opposed to the right person for the job. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't Nagelsmann, think does, they no, will. Does, Nagelsmann doesn't, doesn't strike me as... I don't, think the, I don't think they'll do that either. By the, do you think they'll go someone in the Premier League? Because the one from the, the Premier League who I think is the most... Most Not no, I I I think I think it's just such a big jump in terms of profile of club. I wonder whether this would would put them off. But I think in terms of a profile, in terms of an individual, and in mm. terms of someone who kind of fits into the category of the ideal kind of person that you would want to get at Liverpool. You're going to say it. I think Deserby. No, I was going to say Thomas Frank. Oh. I like that a lot. In terms of anyone in the Premier League moving up, I think Thomas Frank would be my shout. I love that. I think tactically he's brilliant. I love that, Ryan. He has enough of that kind of like energy and passion on the touchline, but he's also very, he's, he's also very kind of smart. Style of like football. the style of football that he could play with those Liverpool players. Right, that he's done with Brentford. I love that, Ryan. It's funny because I think De Zerbe's too loose. 
Iriola is brilliant, mm. but I think it is too much of a jump. I, I love, not, not because he's not good enough. I think he is. It's funny, Andoni Iriola was my first thought when you said who next. He was, I'm honest with you. I'm not sort of, but I think just the, the jump. I also think for him, I think that the club need to be wary of how much they need to play that game of being like, okay, we lose three on the bounce. How are the fans going to react to this manager compared to this manager? Right. Because and I think, I think, right. I think Thomas Frank, out of anyone in the Premier League, I think Thomas Frank is the guy. If they were going to take someone who was managed in the Premier League, he would be my guy. I think he'd be superb, actually. I would be quite interested to see how that works. I'd be, I'd be, I mean, I'm not a Liverpool fan, so they, they might say, but I'd be excited for that, just seeing what Brentford did in the Championship, right? Mm -hmm. What they did in the Championship, and I'm going to be smug about this forever, when they arrived in the Premier League and the way they were disrespected given how they played, how they'd overwhelmed teams, I don't think they got their due at that point. I think he's taken this selection of Brentford players as, as far as he can. And it always reminds me, weirdly enough, Brentford, there's a bit of an overlap with Liverpool, with the, the Liverpool squad that Klopp took over when he joined in the sense of a collection of players who I think were being coached to their absolute potential. There were a lot of people made fun of Klopp when they got to the Europa League final and lost to Sevilla. There was a lot of gloating. I remember looking at the Liverpool team going, yeah, but he's got everything out of them. Mm. You know, and Frank's ability to reintegrate Ivan Tony not once but twice Remember over Tony's all that stuff about Dubai and it was in Dubai, like to my Brentford. <laughs> to manage that, like that is, is a cycle. And it's, it's just been calm. Like it's incredible. been calm. The, the only other manager I think that a lot of, I, love I saw linked was, was obviously Ange Postacoglu. But I, I think no, one I think year at Spurs and then going, I think that's too. No, and also I think Ange is on a different journey with. Like, yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm calling him Ange. Postacoglu is on a different journey with Spurs. I think he wants to, when they said to him that incredible thing about like trophies and he said, trophies, it's about, it's about more than that. And it was so clever as a deflection, but also as an idea of what he's building. And I think that Postacoglu should stay as long as he can because I think he's going to be for Spurs what Klopp has been for Liverpool in his own way. It won't look the same. It won't, it won't look yep. the same. It won't look the same. But in terms of how people feel but when he's gone, and sorry to like make you even think about him leaving at some point, after years of Postacoglu being there, he'll have them feeling the same way. Yeah, I think I think it makes sense for him to stay at Spurs. He's building something there. You know? He's building something. I mean, he was a you know he was a boyhood Liverpool fan. Oh no, <laughs> that's the, that's all that coming out. That's already coming out. All right. So what about around Europe? I like the idea of a hire from within the Premier League. To be honest, mm. and I'm not saying that because other managers couldn't be good enough. I'm saying it because I think that continuity. I know it's there's a lot of talk about continuity. I don't think Liverpool need a huge amount extra at this stage. I think what they've got is actually really, really good. But again, yeah, this is a good, and I'm not throwing out a ton of names, but that's because I just believe it's at, he's left them in such a good condition. With Thomas Frank, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense in terms of him, like, where do Brentford go next? You right. know? Yeah. And that's not saying that Thomas Frank hasn't done an amazing job, but it will, he's, he's been there six years. And I think him progressing up to a job like Liverpool, he may not be like 10 out of 10 on certain things that you like, maybe like Klopp is, mm. but he's going to give you, if you, if you averaged out the scores, he'd probably score the best. Sorry, because the only reason I'm smiling, you know who popped into my head? No. Bo Svensson. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the only reason. <laughs> Leave Bo alone. Um, no, 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 no that's, that's not a joke. That's only because I was just thinking like, you know, like Mainz always produces geniuses. 
<laughs> coaching <Yeah>. geniuses. <laughs> I would laugh if I would laugh if the data pointed to someone like that. Um, but back to Frank, I think that's a lovely suggestion. It's the one that I listen to and go, yeah, I could see him just going in and doing good job. Yeah, he knows what he can do, but he also knows who he'd be coming on, who he'd be coming after. Mm. And he, you know, when you talked about the guy before, just being like, "Well, that was really good," and and he's the kind of person who would who is self aware and self assured enough without being it all about him. Totally to kind of acknowledge the job that Klopp has done, while also not being worried about having to prove himself before that. I think he would be a perfect person for an evolution mm. it's just about whether I actually, I actually think it's what weirdly as well from some of the Liverpool fans that I've spoke to I think they secretly kind of want a cool name as well he's kind of a cool hire Thomas Frank he is cool he is. and the more I think about it I think the more that that would be and I think as well would go for, it would show it would be a sign of a club that was self-confident yeah. that made an appointment like that. I think that's the key. The key for now, because, you know, Klopp said some really fascinating things. The last, well, I kind of say the last minute of his full-length interview was frankly terrifying because mm-hmm. I thought the lev- what Liverpool are going to be on now the rest of the season in terms of harnessing win. the emotional charge, I thought they're going to be yeah. dangerous now. The thing he said about, he anticipated, look, people from outside the club, they're going to laugh at us. They're going to have jokes. Like Klopp, Klopp's yeah. seen the memes. He's seen the memes. He knew it was coming. They're going to mock us. That man has definitely got a burner. Or if he doesn't, oh he's got a friend. He's, got, yeah, he's definitely got a burner. I, do you know what? I think he listens to Stadio. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. Stop playing all the faves. Um, the thing about Klopp is interesting. He understood that last minute of that, if anyone hasn't checked it out, last minute and a half, two minutes of that extended interview about why he's leaving. And he absolutely understands the perception of Liverpool and what people were saying and laughing and joking. And that call for kind of unity I think it's important that Liverpool project confidence at this point yeah. because Manchester United didn't and they didn't, they didn't project confidence and we lost all our aura, all our carefully built aura, we lost in months, squandered it, like 20 years of building fear <laughs> and becoming, people were coming to Old Trafford and they were enjoying themselves, mm. they were enjoying, which is unacceptable. So I think Liverpool's next move has to be done. See the way that he's come and he's made that statement. The next appointment, it's not just the, who gets the job, it's how that is communicated is also so important. It's really important for Liverpool fans, and I think Liverpool as a club, to re- acknowledge that this was always going to end at some point. Right. It's incredible that you've got to end it, potentially on, on, a, on a trophy winning season, on an amicable terms, for no other reason apart from the fact that like a 56-year-old man who has been coaching for 20 odd years and then played professional football beforehand kind of just wants to like chill for a bit. Right. Or not even chill, but just do normal stuff. Um, It's super important that they look forward because the one thing that Liverpool cannot afford to do is to have uh, John Henry in eight years time still talking about the Klopp years. Yeah. Because that's something that has that <laughs> that Vatska at Dortmund has just never stopped doing. Mm. It's a bad look because it's actually it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the new to the new people, the new manager, the new execs. It's disrespectful. And yeah, so I just think the thing about like Klopp being in Liverpool, it wasn't that you know it's wrong living there, of course, but it's more like in terms of the presence of like Liverpool games, that kind of thing has to be thought about. It has to be thought about, like you know, going like how often can he go to Anfield? 
like for the next few years and which games, because then that all creates tension. Like when Sir Alex Ferguson would turn up, like then it's, it's a thing because the whole center of gravity shifts and it's going to be weirdly, it might be even more like that for Liverpool because of, because of the fact that Klopp basically won them that first title in 30 years and the Champions League, it wasn't like when they won the Champions League under Benitez. Well, that was amazing. It would, when they won the Champions League under Klopp, it was like the final arc in the journey where they were the best in Europe and everyone in Europe yeah. knew it. And they'd probably been the best the year before. You know, the they should have beat Real Madrid a couple of years ago as well. To be yeah, honest. it was the, the Salah injury. That was the thing. Yeah. You know, so everyone knew well, they it. Have, well, yeah, they could have won three. They could have won three, genuinely. Oh, absolutely. Liverpool could have had their three Champions Leagues. Totally. And that would have been totally <laughs> legit. Would have, Ogwongo just would have exploded. <laughs> no, but I hope, I mean, joking aside, I hope it's clear. I don't mind people that think we were gushing too much. I, my admiration for Klopp as a manager, um, pretty much almost unrivaled. There's almost no one I admire more in terms of how they conducted themselves. And yeah, there's been a couple of criticisms of him and fine. Fundamentally though, like I say, the man stepped up in so many ways when it mattered, far beyond the football field, far beyond the football field. And I just hope he enjoys whatever he does next. Then for Liverpool, obviously I have a vested interest in them not ending up as happy as maybe they'd like to be. But as a football club, my respect for them is absolute. And I hope that whoever comes next for their sake, I hope they just manage the transition right, actually. Um, because I, you know, I like David Moyes and I didn't like how he struggled in the United job. No. Yeah. So I want whoever gets there next, I want it to be a good fit for them. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think actually for, from Liverpool fans, Liverpool fans and Man United fans don't need another excuse to kind of slag each other off. But they I absolutely think don't. Yeah, something yeah. Liverpool fans could, could do the old high and mighty here and be like, look how we treated our manager after Klopp. Man United yes. fans could never. They could never. Your fave could never. Your goat could never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They'd love that. <laughs> I mean, we've still got uh, the rest of the season to play for, like Klopp said, and I think it will be all business, business as usual. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm quite terrified of that team now. Can I say as well, what's wild about this is we're going to see an actual, I know Klopp doesn't want this to be about him, but we're going to see a bit of a farewell tour, actually. Yeah. Not in a sentimental way. You're going to be able to get a of... ticket for Anfield now for the yeah, rest good, of the season. Good, good luck with that. Good, good luck getting a train to Anfield. A, tra a train to Liverpool, sorry. Good luck getting a train to Liverpool. Is that an, an Avanti West Coast dig? or <laughs> that... <laughs> Why not? I contain multitudes. I wish it was. I wish I was that smart. Do we hear everything on that? I think it's, I don't know. I, I, there's something about this whole thing that just struck me. Like the way he was talking about purpose and stuff. I just thought, fuck me, man. This guy. I'm like... just glad we got to have this conversation on a platform where we can just have the people that listen to us hear what we think because it's just, it feels important to express something about this because yeah, it just dude, feels like, like, yeah, yeah, that's how you should do it. And then in the day, you all knew what this was by now. If you knew what this was and you, and you hate it and you still listen, then why are you such a sicko? <laughs> why are you doing this to yourselves? <laughs> Any final thoughts on this before we, we wrap up? Congratulations on an outstanding job, a job wonderfully done, a job that I fully expected him to do, but still somehow exceeded those expectations. And Liverpool fans who are grieving, or in one case, just sent me a message while we were on recording this. I'm still in denial. Once the denial wears off and the acceptance begins, um, yeah, just enjoy the memories because they've been wonderful. And like Klopp said, still got some chapters to write in that book. There so it is. who knows? 
Uh, before we go, a quick bit of admin. No Righty's House on Tuesday and Stadia will go up Wednesday. So you've got a, a nice few days without us. Lucky you. Count yourselves lucky that we... Oh, do you know what? I nearly did an hour on Schalke of Kaiserslautern. <laughs> All right, everyone. We hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, and uh, still subscribed. After <laughs> We're not a Liverpool podcast. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. Uh, don't forget to check the Stadio Outros players on Spotify and... We had to pick one that suited the moment. And uh, this episode we're playing out on The Contessas. And the track's called Broken Heart. Which says it all, really. Neil Young once said, only love can break your heart. But I disagree. Because football can. God, you've got me there. The emotions are back. The emotions are back. Anything you'd like to add me, Sok Wonga? No, just roll the music. <laughs> Much love, everyone. We'll be back with you later in the week. See you then.